two locks and a cox. From Dylan's Radio X. Welcome everyone to an emergency podcast from Two Locks and a Cox. We have Ian Dunstan and myself, Chris Bentley. Unfortunately, Dame Sarah Cox is away, but we have a new Dame of the Realm, Dame Robert Kitson, author of Around the World in 80 Minutes, which happens to be available to buy from all good bookshops and retailers uh, at your earliest um, convenience. Is that correct, Rob? Uh, well, now you mention it, apparently it is correct, yes, but it's nice to be here with professionals on, on I, what I gather is the top-ranking podcast in the Southwest. Is that right? I believe, Chris, that- I believe something along those lines, and it's great to have you, the chief rugby writer for The Guardian. Well, it's very nice to be here. That is true as well. But anyway, you've put off all your entire audience already. But anyway, nice to be here. Two locks and a cocks. From Dylan's Radio X. And uh, we've got something to chat about, apparently. Well, there's, there's, there's something taking place in the world of rugby, hasn't there, Ian? Oh, wow. Look, you, you introduce it and then, then let's, okay, well, uh, let's commence battle. Elon Musk's um, algorithm is magnificent and, and for you, for me, invariably throws up um, people fighting, uh, Karens um, and animals doing cute things. But my Twitter feed for me yesterday was exclusively Owen Farrell and the decision of the disciplinary committee pre with people predicting what was going to happen and then post with people pretty much uniformly being upset at what took place. So you're going to base all of this on the echo chamber that is uh, Twitter with Rugby Steve who watches it from his armchair and has 15 followers. I would say that you're probably right there, but some of the comments were coming from Augustine Pichot, Josh Matavesi. There's guys right across the rugby spectrum. Andy Goode's weighed in. So I think anyone with a voice in rugby has gone to the, the pub of Twitter and had their, their say. So there's some big there's some big armchairs in there as well. Let's be, <laughs> let's be, let's be honest. Not for Andy Cooney anymore. Have you seen the amount of weight he's lost? True. Legend. Yeah, I right. could do with that, but I'd have to just put down the fork and eat dust for a year. Yeah, it's discipline, Ian. Discipline. Uh, I don't well, have any. No. So look, should we should we begin at the beginning? Uh, Wales are in the ascendancy. England down to twelve men, and Tame Basham goes on a bit of a run, and Owen Farrell puts a shot in, is sent to the sin bin by the referee instigating the bunker system the bunker review decides that Owen Farrell has a red card and we believe that's that everybody thinks with Owen Farrell's past history he's going to get six weeks are we all maybe commuted down to four maybe yeah maybe commuted down to four to six weeks which puts a big spanner in the works for uh, Steve Borthwick and the England squad the committee meets and decides that there was um, enough mitigation with Jamie George nudging into him to reduce the ban to a yellow card and say that's it, you said. Law 9.13, Chris, I got it here on my oh, phone. Go on then. A player must not tackle an opponent early, late, or dangerously. Dangerous tackling includes, but is not limited to, tackling or attempt to tackle an opponent above the line of the shoulders, even if the tackle starts below the line of the shoulders, which pretty much sums up exactly what didn't happen because he started high and ended high. However, the RFU found three Australians within their committee. And, Mate. Uh, <laughs> just point of correction, it's not the RFU, it's the Six Nations. Sorry, the Six Nations, very good, yeah, good. Uh, the Six Nations managed to find three Australians that were truly independent to find their new captain. And I know you're saying everything, it was a clear red, everyone's saying clear red. I I say that they found, uh, the words are ambiguous, and in the law we use ambiguous words for that exact reason, so you can choose how you apply those laws. Everything in rugby is technically illegal via a law within the uh, within the game, and then we apply different laws as, as we suit them or as the referees decide. So they've chosen to say that a change of direction, a push by Jamie George, meant that he then fell into Owen Farrell's shoulder, and that that's okay. Now, 
I'm not completely in agreement, but I like what they've done. I like the way they've done it. And do you know what? I really hope this sets a precedent for the entire World Cup that these accidental uh, um, uh, tackles that aren't deliberately high uh, all the way through the World Cup go back and we get part of our blessed game back where rugby is a collision sport. It's dangerous. If you don't want to go and play it, go and play tiddlywinks. Have you finished yet? Is that is that is that is that Rob? honestly what you're thinking? That's my rant over. Okay, so right of reply, Rob Kitson. Right of reply. Um, well, before I start, there's two things to say. One, it, this actually isn't really about Owen Farrell. He's a, he's he's many things, but he's a, you know he's an unbelievable um, warrior. There's no question. Uh, but it's not, uh, and he's played 107 times for England. Yeah. And, and go on. You know, respect. We'll, we'll go back to the right to reply. Let's dig in firstly on Owen Farrell because I agree with you here. I yeah. think I think that he's been vilified by this. He's the captain of the team. He's gone to make a shot. And you cannot... People are calling him a coward and stuff, right? He's played for the Lions. He's won European Cups. He is... He's the, he's the personification of Eddie Jones's test match animal, in parentheses. Nails. Well, yeah, all those, all those things are, oh, all those sorry. things are correct. Okay, um, but you, you, they, so, so that's inflated the, you know, the, the amount of attention this has had. He's England, he's England captain, so it's going to get a lot of attention. But the, the issue here, it's not Owen Farrell. It's the, the, the this <laughs> they've arrived at this decision. So you bring in the system that's supposed to solve all these issues, the issues that you're talking about. You get your bunker review system. You, you have your on-field um, incident. You go, it goes to the guy up in the box he's got 20 minutes to think about it um you know he, he at his leisure he looks at it from all the angles and decides yeah do you know what that's a red card uh, open and shut so the only thing that farrell should be uh, that happens next is the length of the sentence okay mm -hmm. uh instead of which uh they get in a very high highly paid kc uh, who works his magic uh richard smith he's a very uh, a very good man very very clever I've, man i've heard he's off the, over the atlantic to represent trump now <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done all sorts in the past, hasn't he? As he, well, where England played with sixteen men and he got them off it. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's got a, he's got a, a brilliant track record. I, I like him. He's a rugby guy. He's from Bristol. You know, he's a good guy. Um, but uh, again, it's not about him either. It's about he shouldn't have the the, uh, the 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 opportunity, the avenue shouldn't exist for that. Um, it, it, you know, for for him to be able to do that. Basically, if you're going to have this new system, it's completely invalidated the new system. It basically leaves rugby's discipline and machine looking completely unfit for purpose in my opinion um, I, I've got to agree and I think this is the challenge it was a perfect exemplar of how the bunker should work referee I'm not sure it's a bit ambiguous I'm going to refer it the, 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 the chap's got 10 minutes now to have a look at it and make the right decision he's made the decision Owen Farrell is sent from the field we're done right, now the referee missed it straight when he saw it I know you said you saw it and you thought oh that's that the referee didn't see it he didn't mm -hmm. see it he was obviously off-sighted and, and this was a warm-up game for the referee as well which I thought he did really well um, missed things but did really well on the whole uh, and so he oh, missed well, it very quickly I felt for Ellis Genge you've been on the field for a minute and got a cumulative penalty <laughs> yeah. when he got that, sent off it was that, like, when he got his sim bin it was like what on earth and actually he didn't roll his shoulder first it was the other one but let's not talk about scrums yeah. we're talking about the high tackle yeah. so, so it was for him he missed it and then it got brought to his attention so he stopped the game for a second reviewed it quickly said it's a yellow card let's do this and then as Owen Farrell goes off for his yellow card for the bunker which I think is a really good system because it takes a lot of that pressure off the referee because then it's a decision that's made by the off field and then uh, they carried on and they felt oh god no no we need to take him off for HIA that HIA wasn't instant so the player was okay and then they thought oh no we better do this and you see more and more of this happening to help reinforce that decision but, but do you not think and this is the crux of it for me do you not 
think this sets just the most alarming precedent so that every collision we have now have above the line of the shoulders or whatever, whatever red, yellow card, whatever you're talking about, at any level, oh, well, no, well, Owen Farrell got off. Um, mm. oh, look, uh, Owen Farrell got nothing. If you're, if you're playing for one of the smaller unions at the World Cup, what are you going to say now? Oh, look, the England captain got off. You bet your bottom dollar that the, the, the guy from Namibia is going to get six weeks. In the environment we find ourselves in, where head knocks and, and the, the legal cases are starting to power up about the head knocks and protecting players, this is a very dangerous precedent. And that's why when you talk about, sorry, when you talk about collisions, it being a collision sport and, and all that sort of thing, of course, absolute element, I'm sitting in the studio with, you know, people who know far more about that than me, you know, sharp end and all the rest of it. But uh, I can't have that that rugby is just about the collision and particularly these days as Chris has just said it's 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 anything that's get, hitting your head with what we now know which we didn't know t- 10 years ago or not everybody knew 10 or 20 years ago I, I it's uh, you you just can't if a sport is trying to be a professional sport trying to go into the future trying to have any sort of meaningful <laughs> life down the track they've got to get this you've sorted. got a problem more now with the system and the way the system's been done so you could have said that um the taking the player out in the air from Freddie mm. should have been a red because he clearly it, I wiped, thought it should have been he clearly wiped him out th- yeah that, that should have been a red card should, uh, and that was a law that we applied about five years ago that you can't go anywhere near a man in the air we used to wipe people out in the air all the time just for fun and then that <laughs> stopped we <laughs> did that but, but, but all due respect Ian and this is the big this is one of the big things is the elite level I, I, went, for, I went for breakfast this morning with um, Don Armand and Kai Horseman uh, and they were laughing at me because I've been retired from the pro game for 11 years. They've been like a year and two out. They were laughing at how much of a dinosaur I am. And and the game is moving at such a rate that the, the, my, I was speaking to my uncle on the phone and he said, Chris, you were never an athlete. You were a professional rugby player. You were an athlete. They're now athletes. And, and the, 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 you know, Dave Ewers is 122 kilos, about 7% body fat, can shift 100 metres in 11 and a bit seconds. Uh, the dynamism of these guys and the collisions that they have are different. When you and I have a collision, we're a big pudding and, and we aren't going to have the levels of force that these guys have. And there is a duty of care to some extent to go, come on, we, we, especially now we know. Now I we w- know that I there is... Dave viewers hit something really, really big last year and almost stopped and the whole world stopped rotating for <laughs> just one second. It was incredible. You are an athlete, Chris. You're in the top 2% on the concept rower. Oh, the concept And you can do, you can do 10,000, 10K talk. in like I mean, 38 minutes. We don't, look, we don't need to, if, if people want to find out about me, they can look at Rob Kitson's <laughs> other book, X-Men, Chapter 6, Road Warriors, which basically is my autobiography and is magnificent. Rob actually said to me, Chris, I can't put some of the things in there because you come across as a, a horrendous barbarian. You are. Right, Farrell, get back to this. Well, no, before I get back to Farrell, the follow-up book from Rob is Around the World in 80 Minutes and it's available from all good retailers and I might have to plug that because Rob's with us. We might have a competition at the end of this pod where you can win a copy of that book. That's amazing. Well, well, I, I um, modesty forbids, obviously, uh, but uh, there, uh, on the subject that we're talking about, uh, it, it, there's a what, couple of... book? There, well, just we've referred to it, haven't we? we haven't I have, yes, come on. I mean, I didn't mention it. Anyway, um, there's a, I've interviewed Jacques Berger in there. Do you remember Jacques yes, Berger? Yes, we do. Toughest man Namibia. You know, He's there. there. Namibia. He's living yeah. in the middle of the Kalahari. And <clears throat> he was t- talking me through what the African Cup matches used to be like. You know, no spirit of rugby or whatever out there. You know, it's absolutely, mm. we want to, you know, life or death, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and we all revere him for it, and rightly so. But he he was in bits by the time he obviously finished playing. Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys are. I just think I think we've got to be very careful what we're, what we're what we're wishing for and what we're looking for. If we're talking, you know, is rugby a 
there's got to be some charm to rugby. And if we're, we're in this podcast, it's lovely, it's great, it's nice to see you both. But if we're just talking about, you know, legal legalities and, and hits and, and the, 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 the negative stuff, it's, it's drowning out all the positive stuff that I think rugby could and I should agree. be about. I agree. There's I, a key the, difference there. Jacques Berger used to use his face to tackle, whereas Owen Farrell uses his shoulder. No, but, but, but the, 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 one of the key things at the moment is rugby's in this very difficult landscape and it has to decide what it is. And it, 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 the game I was raised in was a contact sport. You run at branches, not trees. And it evolved into a collision sport. And rugby union is now a collision sport. And we've discovered that through collisions, people are having brain injuries. And we have to decide, are we willing to accept that? And if so, we're going to plough that for and say, that's what rugby is. UFC, they, they market themselves entirely on the fact it's brutal. Or are we going to try and bring it back to the, the, the slightly more amateur ethos of let's just depower the game let's allow everyone to play let's have fun let's get drunk let's do everything but we have to make a decision and we can't at the moment we're, we're like we've got one foot in one camp and one foot in the other and, and, and rugby is eating itself and Flatman made a really interesting comment on Twitter last night he said maybe maybe the panel have made this decision purely so everyone can look at the rugby because we aren't really hyping the rugby world cup at the moment we're talking about everything but it's publication but, but at the moment we're talking about everything but the, the glorious spectacle that is the best of the best playing against each other to decide who is the ultimate best uh, rugby team in I, France I, well absolutely and I, I think I think that makes this World Cup absolutely essential crucial for the future of the sport I think the next two months really will I, I don't want to sound overly dramatic but I think if this is a great World Cup and everybody goes wow that's why we love rugby look at that wow you know, there's there's a chance of getting through the through the jungle. It's you know, classic it, as well with this here. If England do well, which isn't looking great at the moment, if they do, uh, every game that that they or every se- uh, session that they progress on, it's going to be well. Owen Farrell shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you look at England's, England's draw, Argentina first up, they should win the rest of their pool games, barring a, a major mishap. Uh, and then they're going to play my team Wales or Australia in the... The uh, best I've seen England play was when Owen Farrell wasn't there and they only had 12 of them. They were brilliant. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a different debate, isn't it? But yeah. um, but no, I think I think it's a really... Well, the, 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 other, the other thing that we should... Thing. The final thing we should... Sorry to jump over you, Rob. The final thing we should say, and I, I can't... I've been looking on my phone to find it. There was, there was a piece from the report that said the TMO bunker was exonified. I think exonified is the word, isn't it? Yeah. He was, he was, he was exonerated. Exonerated. That was what I was after. The, the, the TMO was le- exonerated because he didn't have time to speak to the player or his brief and they've introduced a ridiculous precedent now in rugby union that if there is any element of doubt the, the player can say well hang on you need to speak to me and you need to speak to my legal brief and we couldn't have a rugby union like nfl so like five hour bombs. games well i've spotted a good opportunity i mean you could get one of these big legal firms to sponsor the sponsor the bunker mm. i mean that's yeah. clearly that's the first thing you do i mean i'm just interested chris i mean you as i say you you've you've played a lot of um Good quality rugby, yeah. uh, you know, physical rugby in a, in a tough position. When you're, if you're head of world rugby, which I'm now making you just now, yeah. by the way, I don't know what you do first. I don't know how, how you would sort of try and navigate your way through because uh, I, I think you'll have a problem because you know world rugby is just the constituent parts of all the different unions with all that self interest. That's why we all go, oh, world rugby, oh, this and that. They haven't got, they, they, it's like herding cats. Mm. Um, but anyway, over to you for your head of new head of world um, rugby. I'm, I love the perfect imperfection. The rugby union. I've got a minority opinion. I'm a big fan of um, one of your colleagues, Michael Alwyn and Mark Evans, who's doing wonders with the Fiji Drua. Uh, and they wrote a book, Unholy Union, which I'd recommend everybody should read. Um, it's it's the, the the movement of rugby union into professionalism. I think we need to depower the game. I think other than France, the money is not quite there. I think we should make the game slightly more amateur. We should depower the players. Professional and rugby player are very difficult to put together because we're seeing that these professional athletes cause catastrophic injuries to one another. I, I played. 
and I budgeted mentally for three mega injuries. I had my bicep reattached, my ankle rebuilt, and I got no posterior cruciate in my right knee. That's ridiculous. Mm. And I thought that was fine. That was the norm. And, and now this guy's, you know, the, Ben Gulliver, a lad I played against quite a lot, 21 operations. Really? And you're going, well, hang on, lads. Like, you're going to get knocks and bangs. But now, now we're bringing brain injuries in. I, I, I love the game. I absolutely adore rugby union, but I think we've gone a bit too far into professionalism. I think we need to depower the game. I did, I did a piece um, with Phil Pascoe, who you'd, who you'd uh, know, Pascoe, Northampton, yep. really top man. He's been a sort of physio for the England team for years. And he reckoned, you know, a few years ago now, but when he was in Northampton in England, mm. uh, 10 out of the 15, he used to write him down for the coaches because the coaches would be under pressure to get the players back. He reckoned 10 out of 15 of the players on the team sheet could have been pulled out with one injury or another. That's that's sort of every yeah. week. Oh, you, you play, you're playing, once you're in the pro ranks, you're playing at 80% most of the time. You're mm. always carrying something. And mm. it, it, there's, there's this very difficult line because the risk is the reward. Rugby union has to have an element of danger and we want to have big, strong men. And, and it's so important that it appeals to men, predominantly men and women of a certain age and demographic that want to go and knock into each other. But we have to make it so that it can't be people. One of my, one of my first mentors, Nick Allett, who was a proper hard man, played for the north of England, played for Waterloo, stamp on the dead and hurdle a week. He was hard. And he got motor neurons and I was with him right at the end. Um, he came and held my hand. He went and went to live on a mountain in Wales to die. And it was horrendous. It was horrific. And and the disproportionate number of rugby players they are suffering with, with this ailment and, and now it would appear early onset dementia and what have you. We have to do something to, to depower it. Mm. I, I quite like the risk of rugby. I quite like it's dangerous, but I think we need to depower the athletes. Well, and make it a game for all, you know, because I'm... I'm uh, well, you, you, want, you want to see five foot two scrum off. Well, exactly. You yeah. know, for, for, for those of us who haven't been doing our bicep curls this morning, which apparently is one or two of us in this studio, um, uh, you know, we you, you need you need another outlet. You need space. I mean, mate, what, what happened to attacking space? To You know, that, that's what got well, me into rugby, you know, um, but, Phil but, Bennett. But, you know, we're, we're going back in time. I was, I was looking at an old game, the southwest of England versus the All Blacks on tour uh, a friend of mine Annie, fan, fan of the pod Olympic rower Annie Vernon hello Annie she sent me a clip to a video Graham Dorr was playing at Redruth about 18,000 people playing and the back row for the southwest John Hall broke off the scrum during the scrum and and I was talking to I was talking to Dan Mugford um, played for sale he's another chap we were going to bring him on another friend of the pod I'm dropping him everywhere um, and he was amazed to know that this took place and how, how we used to have back rows could get off a scrum and defend and we took them in. You know, the game is constantly evolving. But, but, but my my personal inflection is we have to we have to depower the game. We can't stop the guys being crazy and wanting to pile into each mm. other. Always do that. But if they're not as powerful, it won't be as dangerous. No, but also we have to be consistent. And that's that's the word into, into how if 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 people as I say you know misjudgments happen. Owen Farrell, you know, he he makes a lot of tackles that are, are perfectly fine. Oh well, coming, um, back, coming back to Farrell, you've seen Sean Edwards' first red card. No, but Sean Edwards has jumped to his defence and Kevin Sinfield and the rugby league men. And Sinfield, his best mate is Rob Burroughs, obviously been afflicted with uh, MND. Uh, the, the thing is, and this is from a rugby player's perspective, when I saw it on the game, I went, well done, Owen, that's a, that's a captain's knock. Because Wales are in ascendancy, England have got 10 men, the, the momentum is all against them, and Farrell just... 10, goes, but they're going down. It's the, the, the 12 men, 12, 12 men, yeah. They've, got, they've, 10, got, they've got 12 men, and Farrell puts on a knock and just knocks the wind out of me. You go, well, you know, and you've done, you've done your job as the captain, you've taken all the heat out of this game. Um, and then and then he round up Big O. What's your what's your what's your damn bigger quote? <laughs> it's the classic, isn't it? So you ask a referee who's the most annoying player that you've ever had to referee, and why is it damn bigger? There you go. So bigger, bigger <laughs> riled up, and and it changed it changed the complexion of the game. Whatever anybody says, he did exactly what he needed to do. And and I'm not a fan of the in parentheses again test match animals, but he showed test match animal behaviour, and 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 that's what you want your captain to do. And was it? You can say was it six inches lower. The truth of the matter was he tucked his shoulder. 
and you, you know you can't tuck your shoulder because of a change of direction. No, it doesn't matter. And if, if you, but again, Rob's already spoken about precedent. If you go back to the Six Nations, Grant Gilchrist gets a three-week ban for exactly the same situation. I think it's um, Aldrete's carrying, and he gets knocked by the the Australian number eight who plays for Scotland, which is another bugbear of mine. Knocks Dempsey. Him into, knocked him, Dempsey knocks him into Gilchrist. Gilchrist's shoulder in the head, so he's knocked into him. Gilchrist gets a three-week ban. But they already started with Fagus, and you thought wouldn't play for six weeks, and yeah. they gave him a couple of weeks. Oh, and, well, this is this is, so. This is another point that we've got. Um, the, the, the apartheid two-tier system of rugby union. George Moala for Tonga gets a 10-week ban reduced to five for for all intents. He picks a bloke up, realises he's got it wrong and let's go. But that, and, that, and that's what I was referring to earlier. Silk. That's what I was referring to earlier. It's about, it, you've got to have faith in your disciplinary system as a, as a if, if you're a grown-up professional sport. If you haven't, you've got a real problem, I think. Mm. But who, did, who was the panel for that one? I don't know that I, I, and that's the difference so it's different to panels but once but we get the World Cup but it's not, it, be done it's by not the just the panel. panel it's not just a panel it's who's defending you so the RFU have gone right we're going to get our, our top silk in who is the best bar- you know, he's, he's literally flying across the Atlantic now to join Trump's team um, he's defending him whereas George Moala he's probably got in his, his own I tried to make the shot bro and got it wrong and straight away that's a 10 week ban reduced to 5 whereas Owen Farrell you're free to play and and if you are and, and Augustine Pichot has come on Twitter uh, and he fell uh, trying to be the, pre- the the president of the world rugby uh, and he's saying it's all a joke and this is the issue you, you, we're further dividing the, the haves and the have nots and rugby union should be 15 against 15 who's the best you've got to have some happy people in rugby at some point you've got a lot of very unhappy people at the moment and I think that if you boil it down to its essential that's probably the nub of it you want it to be a sport that's you know gives you gives people joy that gives people enjoyment that gives people fulfilment and that and that you know all the things that we like about rugby you know the brotherhood and the and the, and the sisterhood and the fellowship and the camaraderie that's I mean what uh, makes rugby oh. special which individuals <laughs> and teams have defined the modern game around the world in 80 minutes charts the golden era of global rugby between 1973 and 2023 and goes in search of the sport's most influential do, do, trailblazers. Chris, are you reading that out of do, a book? Do, do, uh, I, 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 I do apologise. Uh, pages listeners. of glorious rugby by himself, Mr Rob Kitson, available to buy now. Well, and the, the thing that really appeals to me is in the middle, there's a, there's a load of photos. <laughs> <laughs> out tomorrow, everybody, out tomorrow. Yeah. Well, he, he just made you head of world rugby, which I was really <laughs> impressed with, because two minutes ago you were eating crayons. And, <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of minutes later, you're the head of world rugby. I mean, maybe that's how this decision was made by these Australians. We were get, we were going to do a question, weren't we? For, for yes, a, a, yes. A so I, I think I think we've we've sort of worked around every angle with Owen. Are we all, are we, is there anything else you'd like to add, Ian? No, we're done. No, I did have a really good comment from Dave Jones of Topsham, but it's sort of the context is slightly off. Um, Dave came in and said um, pressure got to the panel, possibly pressure from Farrell's high-ranking legal aide who focused on George's slight change of angle. The panel simply forgot that every red card ever. There is a slight change of angle as the attacker will always try to be evasive or there is a, or a second defender trying to make a tackle. Imagine if a red card had only been given if the attacker doesn't change direction in the moments before the point of contact. It's an interesting yeah. point. Thanks, yeah. Dave. And if, if you do have a comment you'd like to get involved, brad at radiox.co.uk, fire them in. Brilliant. And when we do our next legal piece, we need a, a solicitor to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are, we are still on the lookout for sponsors if anyone wants to get involved. So, um, Rob, you have got this magnificent book, Around the World in 80 Minutes, In Search of Rugby's Greatness. Um... Let's see what Stuart Barnes... Stuart Barnes says magnificent. And then there's three full stops, which means you probably said magnificent (laughs) at writing a terrible book. Uh, A hugely intelligent, entertaining, interweaving tales of rugby that gets into how of rugby. 
Um, Paul Ackford, a magnificent second row, partnered Wade Dooley, who used to mentor me. A, a glorious, warm, perceptive, eclectic exploration of the essence of rugby and rugby folk. Well, that's true. Well, Ackford says it, it, and Ackford's... He lives down this way, doesn't he? Yeah, Cornwall he is now. Oh, right, Cornwall, okay. yeah. I remember yeah. His, he, I was in an Indian takeaway in, in Ashburton, and this shadow came over, and I was like, oh my God, it's Paul Ackford. Yeah, no, he'd have been wearing shorts, and it would have been November. I yeah, mean, pretty much. Yeah. And then uh, I waited until he collected his food, and went, Paul, I knew Wade Dooley, would you be my friend? <laughs> Standard down this way, though. Exmouth suit is shorts and flip-flops all year round. <laughs> For your chance to win a copy of Around the World in 80 Minutes in Search of Rugby Greatness, this magnificent book by Rob Kitson, visit the win page of the Radio X website and answer a simple question before 5pm on Friday the 25th of August. That's Friday the 25th of August, a simple question on the Radio X win page. Be there, win the book, have a great day. Two locks and a cocks. Radio X. <laughs> With Excommunicate, media and presentation training and team building. Develop your personal brand and learn how to promote your organisation effectively in the media with a one-day course at Radio X's studios in Exeter. Or we can come to you. We'll help you build your profile, tackle a crisis and perform to your potential. Media and presentation training and team building from Excommunicate.